Hi there. I'm world-famous mezzo-soprano Jamie Barton, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. Wow. Was that Jamie Barton? Does she listen to the podcast? I think she does. And that means it's totally legit. And I mean, that made me feel good. I actually spoke to Jamie yesterday. I'm going to spoke to her. We texted like 400 times, you know. We could have talked all of that out in 10 minutes, but we texted for hours, which is fun unto itself when you realize um, both of you are really, really high. <clears throat> you know, I woke up this morning and um, I, all of a sudden I started to think about what it is about COVID that's really um, upsetting me. What sort of plagues my head every day when it comes to COVID? And... <laughs> And I mean from a selfish standpoint, not like what's going on in the world to the point of, of who this is affecting and killing people and ruining lives and livelihood and, and uh, that part of it. But I really was like, what is, what is the COVID cloud that sits over my head? Because there is one. And it really comes down to my complete lack of motivation I'm somebody who has been incredibly driven for 20 years, more, 25 years, like wildly motivated. I didn't need inspiration. I had it. It was always like right in front of me, like this thing that I wanted, I was willing to do anything for. And so I could be motivated, motivated to get my work done, motivated to get my studying in, motivated to move to this place and meet that person and take this lesson and take that coaching and go see this and go see it was like endlessly focused towards this one thing and now that thing is gone and so has my motivation i can't seem to find the will to accomplish much you know in the beginning it was all projects and things but the projects are done the rooms are painted the garden was a failure you know those those things have have come to pass and so now it's uh, what am i doing what is anybody doing? Like just passing days. It's very strange. And, and um, you know, I'm always somebody who can be very obsessed with whatever it is they're doing. You know, if I, if I get interested in a subject, I read every book about it. If I get interested in a, if I'm studying a role, I'll devour every recording of it. You know, just, I can, I can be somebody who goes all the way with this sort of preparation and study. And that kind of, um, that's always been with me, this, this ability to, you know, immerse myself in something. And, and the only thing that, that has been consistent through this that I have not let go of and have actually grabbed on harder to is going to the gym and working out. And um, I mean, there are worse things to be obsessive about. But it's getting to the point where I'm, uh, my, my recovery time is <laughs> it's like never-ending. If you go to the gym five days a week, you never get a chance to re <laughs> to recover. And so I feel like I look strong, but I don't feel strong. I feel feel like fragile. <laughs> Six foot four and 240 pounds. And he's like, his arms hurt. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely, I don't know. I, maybe I'm punishing myself in a way. Like maybe the gym is, is um, you know. Maybe it's the one thing I can control right now. 
with so much out of control, maybe that's something I can control. And um, I go five days a week. It's in me to go seven days a week, but I know I sort of have to uh, take a break. Like I said, there are worse things that you could be obsessed with. I could be obsessed with, um, you know, tattoos or, <laughs> you know, something crazy like growing psychedelic mushrooms in my garage or something. You know, those things would be out of control. So just the gym is fine. It's weird to just know what you're supposed to do with yourself. And so I've completely lowered my expectations as to what is a successful day, as we all have. And yesterday I got to talk to my friend Jamie Barton. Jambo, if you're if you're, you know, super cool with her, then you can call her that. But we we touched on a lot of things and um it was good. It was good to connect and sort of um talk to a friend who sees reality, I think, similarly to the way I do and and what we're gonna see going forward. And just that the old way may very well be done. And that there's gonna be a new way. The model will be new going forward and we're just gonna have to be uh, at the forefront of that because it'll it'll whatever it is after this uh, will happen quickly and quickly become the new norm and if we try and hang on to the old ways that that um, we might age ourselves out in a way uh, we just talked a lot about being authentic and I just want to make sure that my podcast is authentic and not full of bullshit or telling everybody how great it all is or 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 talking about how fantastic my career is because um, you know all of that really just went away in a heartbeat. And I've been I've been reached out to by a lot of young singers in the last couple of weeks, especially since these um, podcasts started coming out. And I've had a lot of notes from a lot of young singers, and and um, they seem to appreciate that I was being honest about how difficult this is, and and how much I am feeling for, especially for the young singers. And and I want to make sure that I'm continuing in that vein. Uh, and not not continuously promote how great I am or, or how fine everything is because both of those things are fairly inauthentic. And this is a hard time. Uh, we're in the middle of it. And I don't envy young singers. And I certainly don't want anybody to feel bad for me. Everything's fine here. There's no, um, you know. Uh, if, if there's one thing that I'm uh, obsessive about, if gym is one thing, saving money is another. And, and, I'm, and I'm good at saving money and I'm good at angrily saving. seems like anything that I'm really good at, I'm very angry about. <laughs> and, um, and so, um, um, I was good at saving money. And so, uh, I, we can, we can weather this storm financially. And that's, um, that's good. That helps you sleep for sure. That helps you sleep. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I don't need anybody to feel bad for me in that respect. I'm not, I'm not, uh, my complaining is not, uh, for sympathy. My complaining is just being authentic and real in this moment, in this time. And uh, this week, we would have been in Chicago for Attila. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. Uh, but I, I, I have no... I, I, I'm trying to see a reason to keep my voice in shape. Uh, I'm trying to see a reason to keep walking into my studio and sitting down at the piano. And I'm finding it hard. I'm finding it difficult. And I'm looking for motivation. Send me motivation. That's what I need. Anyway, talking to Jambo was fantastic, and she was uh, she's in Dallas, and she was eating in and out Burger, and I found myself equally jealous of her both working and eating in and out Burger. Those two things were like equal in my head. Just me keeping it real, 
keeping it real. Anyway, she's one of the most real and authentic people I know. And um, everybody should go follow her. She is J Barton Mezzo, at J Barton Mezzo, on the Insta worlds and everywhere else. You already follow her. You don't need me to tell you. I know you already follow her. But she was the first one to cut me an ID, and I'm calling in, I'm calling in favors on all my famous friends. You're going to be next. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, and the first one that says no, I'm definitely going to make them extra famous right here. I saw this morning that Italy is now uh, shutting down their theaters again. Which is not really a surprise, you know, if you're, you know, start having another uh, push of people going into the hospital and more cases, you know, the first thing you're going to do is shut down these places where people gather. And it's just so unfortunate that we are in a business that requires a lot of people in the room at the same time. And then on top of that, you make us what they call super spreaders, you know, and anybody within 30 feet of an opera singer is probably getting hit with something. And, um... This is just bad. We're going to be the last people to go back. I, I don't know who else who else is going to have to wait. You know, even professional sports is back in a way. I saw some of the World Series the other night, and um, you know they've got plenty of cardboard cutout people in the in the crowd, but there's also fans in there, and some people have been let in, and they're starting to put them on camera a little bit, and they're socially distanced and all that, and it's outdoors, and I get it. That's um, that's it's fine. Um, I have a feeling that we are going to definitely be the very last thing to get opened back up. And on top of this, our audience is terribly at risk. Their age um, as a group, as an average, is it's just not good. It's not going to work in our favor. They should be nervous to get together in a group. You know, it seems like it was working for a bit. And maybe it still is where people are wearing masks and, and um, going about their... Uh, life in the theater and and uh, we have had some some breakouts and things but Italy shutting down the theaters again is not good uh, that can that can set a precedent and everybody else can fall in line and we'll be back to where we were it's a weird thing I have a feeling this might get worse before it gets better I do want everybody to hang on keep hanging on remember I was talking about the other day in the other podcast where people would tell me they would quit and I would say oh good for you get out Right now, I want to tell everybody to hang on. If you're in right now, you're still in. Stay in. We've got to weather this and see what it looks like on the other side before we make any rash decisions. But I do know that this is not easy on our people. And um, the, the thought of being a, a singer. Now, I did hear from a, from a pal in San Francisco, and he told me that um, uh, the Opera House out there was going to extend their young artist contract by a whole nother year. Which is a fantastic thing to do, and maybe I'm late to the game here and don't know that all uh, American Young Artist programs are doing that. Um, I certainly hope it's the case, but it didn't surprise me to hear that first from San Francisco. And um, I'm thrilled for it. I'm thrilled that they'll get another shot, you know, because <laughs> virtual coachings are not... <laughs> I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine it. And God bless my friends who are giving lessons uh, over the internet, but I, I just can't do it. I can't, you can't hear somebody over these speakers. It's hard to, it's hard to describe. And, and there are certainly things to be learned um, from, from all these professionals uh, working online. There's, there's something to, to get. There's, there's endless things that you could take from that. But as far as them hearing your authentic voice, 
it's got to be really difficult, in my humble opinion. I have been asked to do some lessons, and I've kind of shied away from it. I, I can't imagine... Um, I can't imagine being helpful. I would be open to the idea of somebody just needing some counsel or needing some inspiration or, or wanting to throw something by me. I have no problem with that, but I would have a hard time uh, taking money for anything other than a consultation. I can't imagine uh, charging to listen to somebody sing right now. Not that I would have a whole hell of a lot to say anyway. I'm, uh, I think I'd be a very good teacher for a young bass baritone, and that's about it. I can't imagine that I have anything to say to a light lyric coloratura. I have no idea how you pull off the magic that you do. I'm not sure I could help you. But never before has a young singer had so much access to the working professionals. Like normally, we're just completely MIA and putting up the quick Instagram pic and then getting right back to work. But, um, you know, you've got access to people right now. That's fantastic. I, I would think I would have loved it at, at, a, at a young age. I was actually really lucky. When I was a young artist in Chicago... They had something called uh, a brown bag lunch. Now, it had nothing to do with lunch. We never had lunch, but um, I got to I got to work with the heavies that came in at the time, and it was all being facilitated by Matthew Epstein. and And people had a very hard time saying no to him, which was fantastic because these heavy artists would would have to uh, sit and entertain me for a while. And in my first year in Chicago, I had coachings with uh, Sam Raimi and James Morris. And uh, uh, we had master classes with Rene Papa and Falk Struckmann. And, um, you know, like these people just sort of had to, get, had to give us their time. Because Matthew told them to, and everybody listened to Matthew. And, and, um, and I got a tremendous amount out of it. Um, it was, once you get past the awe of being in, in with your heroes, um, there's, there's something to be taken from each of them. And it's not always the same thing. Uh you know, I, I worked with Sam for, we had an hour-long coaching. And you don't, you're don't you not sure what to bring to him because it's him. And, um, you know, he's the American uh, base god. And so, you know, I knew I had an hour with him. And so I was like, all right, just bring some Mozart. Just go simple. Let him, let, let's talk through some Figaro with him. And I went in and I sang a Priton Pocquagliocchi. Which is no joke, even at 42 years old, still, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing to sing. It's tough to, just the be, you know, just starting it up takes huge balls. And so we had an hour-long coaching, and we, we get into the room in Chicago. This is room, two, uh, room 300, 350. And we go in, and I, we had already met, and so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't that intimidated, but I was intimidated to hear what he was going to tell me about my singing. And I sang the whole aria, which is a barn burner. You would never want to sing this three times. <laughs> you really wouldn't want to sing it twice in a day. Once is plenty. And so four minutes, four and a half minutes into a one-hour coaching, I finish a Pritam Pokwayoki. And... He's just sort of standing there, and I'm standing there. The coach is at the piano, and he walks over, and he looks at the score, and he says, yeah, that one's hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'll just assume that he'll say that one's hard because I just struggled my way through it. But um, uh, that was what he had to offer on a pre-tempo kwayoki. There was, it wasn't that he... He sang it flawlessly, but he didn't. He didn't necessarily have the language at that time, almost twenty years ago, to um, 
to impart to me how to make it better. Um, he just knew that he could do it and that it was hard. And I'm telling you, there were 56 minutes left in this coaching. And there was no chance I was going to get better. <laughs> it's one of those things that once you do it, that's pretty much it for the day. Uh, Aprito Pocoyoki comes way at the end, and they not say. And you could just sort of blow it out and be done with the show. Uh, we still had 56 minutes to go, and I didn't <laughs> think neither one of us knew what to do with each other. And so then we, of course, just broke it up into smaller sections and talked about some things. But I think we were both biding our time until the hour was over. Uh, and that's, that, that has nothing to, to say on Sam Raimi's ability as a coach because I, I know people that work with him now and they're, they're absolutely floored with his uh, ability to, to impart people with the right language of, of how to do things. Uh, uh, at the time, you know, Sam was still a globally famous working musician he didn't he probably didn't have time to think a whole lot about how he did things he was still doing it which i get uh and so you know but he wanted to be helpful he wanted to say yes to matthew i of course wanted to spend as much time with him as i could and and so we we got put in there and then you're like right that one's pretty tough Oof. what do we do now i don't know what we're supposed to do now Yeah, and some guys were a little bit grumpy about it. <laughs> some guys didn't really want to be there at all, but we all have a hard time saying no to Uncle Matthew. And, um, and uh, you know, he's one of these fantastic characters in our business who's been around forever, seemingly involved in everything. And um, everything, ever, you know, everything that Matthew Epstein has ever said to me has absolutely come true. It wasn't always in the timeline that he said it would happen, but it always happened. He's never been wrong when... when in things that he's told me. Anybody who's highly opinionated is going to have a reputation for being this way or that way, and, and certainly he does, but um, Matthew has been nothing but a, a huge help to me and, and a huge supporter of me and continues to this day. And I recently noticed that he's um, uh, not only been nominated, but has won a position in the Upper America Hall of Fame, which is no shock. He, this man has been championing young singers his entire career, whether he was um, an agent or coaching or or doing what he did in Santa Fe all these years as a, uh, a consultant to everyone, everyone. If, if, and he would give you his time. And uh, Matthew would, would say the truth, and it wasn't always what you wanted to hear. Often wasn't what you wanted to hear. He, he was no bullshit. He was completely authentic with very little filter. And that's a lot of what uh, Jamie and I were talking about. Um, just turning the filter off, taking the taking the Instagram filter off of things, and just being authentic or as authentic as as we can, right? Because who's truly authentic? Everybody's got skeletons, right? Jambo and I actually talked about k killing Facebook yesterday, and I told her about me killing it and what that what what that had done for me and how good I thought that was, and it's like. Um, People who do, what's that fucking terrible workout regime? You're all going to be upset. The, what do they call that? CrossFit? Uh, cross something? Shit, what is that called? You know the one. <laughs> CrossFit. I need to look it up. 
Now, if I'm being really authentic, I won't uh, erase any of this, and I'll just uh, let you all live through me Googling on my phone. CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit. That's the annoying one, right? The one that if somebody's into it, they talk about it. You know, it's like all these. <laughs> I don't want to generalize. But I'm sure there's a million osteopaths that are so happy that you keep falling off your boxes. Uh, <laughs> or jerking, you know, deadlifting this weight and throwing it over your head at, you know, 47 years old. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit like CrossFit. When you kill Facebook, it's a little bit like CrossFit. You feel like you're supposed to tell everybody how great it is. Or being a vegan, you know, the, there's no surprise vegans. We, we know. We definitely know. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Everyone should go listen to Jamie Barton. She's one of these historic voices coming from a, a real person. We're lucky to have her. I truly think it's a historic voice. If it was 100 years ago, they'd be following her when she got off the airplane. So that's it. Complete lack of motivation. I can't seem to get it going. I'm not sure. I'm, I know that motivation is something you need to fight for. I know that motivation is something I, I have often... Um, you have to fight for it. You've got you to look for it. You've got to find it. It doesn't always just come. You can't just sit there and wait for it. Uh, my motivation is... is uh, other than going to the gym, it's completely lacking right now. And so I'm going to try and stay motivated to keep talking here. And I'm going to keep my voice in shape, thinking that any minute now, somebody's going to say, hey, can you come out here and do something? Uh, I'm just going to sort of keep that in the back of my head so that when that call does come, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm not trying to play catch up. And they'll say, boy, he looks good, but he sounds like shit. Because that can happen too. These muscles atrophy, and so does our so does our confidence in a lot of way uh, ways. And and uh, my buddy who got back to work, and he said to me, you know, just stepping out on stage, I had those jitters I hadn't had in a long time. Uh, I said, yeah, that's the good part. He goes, no, it's not. Wasn't the good jitters? It was the am, uh, can I do this jitters? You know, like am I am I the guy for this? Uh, I thought that was interesting. I never really considered that maybe. Uh, confidence could go away too, but I, I mean, of course, it makes perfect sense. I just never considered it. Uh, a lot of what makes us good at what what we do is that we just keep doing it, and we go from one show to the next to the next to the next, and you just see a new audience all the time, and so you you sort of maintain your ability to be in front of them. And uh, I, I never thought about that going away. It took so long to get that confidence; I didn't think it would go away, but uh, clearly, it can. Uh, my buddy's pretty famous, and he said it was you know those. Those young singer jitters were back. Uh, I'm just going to keep talking about singing because I don't know anything else. This is all I do. I don't. I'm, I'm an expert on nothing, but I kind of know a little bit about this business, and I'm in love with this business, and I can't wait to get back to it. And I miss it. And uh, that's going to do for me for this Tuesday, October twenty seventh, twenty twenty. I would like to remind everyone that my birthday is coming up. And I'll be 42 on Halloween. That's right. The devil was born on Halloween. That makes perfect sense. And uh, this will be the first birthday home in, uh, for as many years as I can remember. I, I honestly don't remember the last time I was home for my birthday. Last year I was backstage at Lyric doing Ernani with a lot of friends. Quinn and Solomon and uh, Joseph Kaleha who has the worst Trump impersonation you'll ever hear, but he insists on doing it all the time. He will not let it go. He just keeps doing it. 
And uh, the year before that, I was in New York for my 40th birthday, and I had rehearsal that day. And, uh, and a great night. And, um, and so this year, I'll be home. That'll be interesting. It'll be so fascinating. And I will be here twice a week. I think that's my idea, twice a week. You could follow me on Instagram at VanHornCVH, where it's just getting crazy all the time. Uh, website, Facebook, fan page. That's worthless. Don't look at that. Nobody cares. Facebook is dead. It's old people screaming into a void. Now, I didn't write that line, but it's perfect because that's exactly what it is. It's old people screaming into a void. ChristianVanHorn.com or at VanHornCVH on Instagram. And check out my friend Jamie Barton, J. Barton Mezzo. She's in Dallas right now with the great Angela Mead, and they're doing what they do best. And uh, I look forward to joining you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Episode three. We'll see you next time. Bye. Standing at the post, table swallowing post. Beginning. I want